Maishi Kleinerman is the 16-year-old boy who has been tragically missing for over 80 days. On March 26th, he spent Shabbos in Meron. He has not been seen since. Heartbreaking. Shmuel Sackett is the head of the Am Yisrael Chai Foundation. He is very well known for many reasons as an Israel, and he has gotten involved offering a reward of 50,000 shekel for any information that leads to Maishi's discovery. Shmuel, thank you so much for your involvement and for joining us. Uh, I'm happy to help, and that's that's what it's all about, trying to help bring this boy home, alive and well, to his beautiful family. Amen. Yes, well said. And uh, look, obviously, as you said, we're hoping, hoping, davening for a happy ending. Before we get into some of the details and some of the mysteries and the days that led up to the disappearance, but can you tell us the status of the investigation right now? And why did it take so long for this story to gain traction? It's been 80 days. People don't realize that in this small, little, tiny country of Eretz Yisrael, 4,000, you heard that right, 4,000 Jews go missing a year. Wow. That's an incredible number. Now, most of them are due to either Alzheimer's or dementia, unfortunately, older folks who just, you know, walk out the door and the family doesn't know where they are and so on. Um, But the police is inundated with calls of missing people. And there was a big case in Akko last week that the police were searching for. Unfortunately, there they found her. She had been, she had been murdered by an Arab. Uh, there are many, many cases in this country. And therefore, it was just simply not possible for the police to have, have been that much more involved. We, we believe they should have been involved more, but they are being spread very thin. The real hero in this story so far, and again, it does not have a happy ending yet, is the Israel Dog Unit, led by a good friend of mine for over 30 years, Yakutiel Ben Yaakov. These are guys, volunteers. I mean, right now we're, we're recording this, it's about 7.30 Friday morning. Two hours ago at 5.30 this morning, they started a search again in the Meron area. Now imagine, these are guys are 100% volunteers. They don't get a, a, a shekel, a penny for any of their work. And they're out there with these highly trained dogs that wow. are sniffing and that are searching. And these are guys that are working Yomam Valila. And uh, it's because of, of, of my connection to them that, I, that I'm involved in this, that I know what's going on. So while the police could have done more, I understand why they didn't. And uh, but but there are good Jews looking for this uh, young boy. Yes. And your involvement, as you mentioned to me earlier, you don't know the family personally. And yet you still see that there's somebody in Kleiswell. There's this missing teenager. There's a family that's obviously suffering. There are so many questions. You just jumped in. There's so many questions and, and mysteries that are surrounding kind of the timeline. So. What Ami Magazine, they have a big story about it this week. Correct, he spent correct. Shabbos in Meron, and right. then his parents were aware of that. After that, uh, his parents did not hear from him for an entire week until the following era of Shabbos, but they were not worried. He used to make the rounds in Eretz Yisrael. You know, uh, they assumed that he was safe. And then the following Friday, he, they began to worry. They started making phone calls. However, they did not report him missing, again, according to the story in Ami. And uh, also, he did. He was enrolled in a yeshiva. And the yeshiva as well did not report him missing for that entire week. And the, the first report to the police by the parents took place 10 days after the original disappearance. Is that correct? That is 100% correct. And uh, the case definitely has to be looked at. Things started moving very slowly. And I'll tell you one thing I do know from uh, my involvement with missing persons 
And that is the first 48, 72 hours are the most critical. The more, the more the time goes on, the more difficult it is to find uh, the person. Uh, and that's why I'm just, whoever's watching this, if you know of somebody missing, whether it's in Israel or anywhere else for that matter, doesn't matter where, contact the authorities right away. Because the longer you, ah, he's fine, don't worry about it, he may not be fine. And therefore, the faster that they get involved, the faster that the, all these cameras are being checked, these street cameras and all these other, uh, you know, cameras that are all around these days, the better. Right. Because exactly, you made a good point. It took time and that set the whole thing back. Yeah, and sadly, again, uh, you know, in retrospect, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, again, according to Ami, they quoted the father, Moshe's father, saying that he regrets right. that they did not report it earlier. And, you know, I guess some people will kind of question, see, in the United States, that would never happen just because somebody's missing for that long. There's something going on, doesn't reach out to their parents. I, you know, I don't care how independent, we're talking about somebody 16. And as you saw, I'm assuming, culturally speaking, look, he's amongst Yidin, you know, kids just, they travel, they hitchhike. It's a very different culture. And that not only is it a different culture, but it depends which culture. In other words, this this young young boy Moshi, he had a history of davening at Kibritz and Dikim and doing this. He had done this before. That's the point I'm trying to say. Right. Not not gone missing, obviously, for this long. But he went. He went. He went to Meiron. He would go, go to Kibritz and Dikim, and and therefore they weren't worried. Plus the fact that he slept by a grandmother in Yerushalayim and that he was in yeshiva. So you know. Uh, he he didn't have even a cell phone. He had he had a cell phone, but he lost it, and it's it, it's tragic. But 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 the, the focus now has to be on look. Basically, the the job is to find him, and then we'll work the clock back and see what happened. Right but right now, it's eighty days later, and uh, we really need to focus instead of the finger pointing and who uh, would have should have could have is to do what we can to find him right away and hopefully Bezrat Hashem alive and well. Right, the urgency, yeah. And I did have one more question get sure. about the past before we get to kind okay. of the status currently, which is that uh, the parents did believe, the mother does believe that the police, because even when they did report it to the police, the police kind of poo-pooed it. They didn't really take it very seriously. And she felt that that might have to do with the fact that they're Haredi. Do you have any thoughts on that? It's possible. It's possible. Uh, but, you know, here in Eretz Yisrael, we're, we're going to be reading Parshat Shlach tomorrow. Uh, and that's when, when uh, uh, ele- um, 10 guys spoke bad about Eretz Yisrael. So I'm not going to repeat that mistake. <laughs> good, I love that. Uh, good, 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 good. Now, uh, let's get to the right here and now, as you said. Um, what specific effort? And just the fact that you, uh, yeah, just speaking to you, I've never spoken to you before. And I see, you know, that your heart, you you just have this genuine, sincere concern and caring about a family that's suffering a boy that's possibly suffering right now hopefully he's somewhere you know probably probably frightened but um what efforts are being made right now and um would it make sense to like just have people mobilize i mean it, to have just thousands of jews in eretz israel mobilize and search or does this have to be something that's more strategic and more targeted it, it has to be very strategic and targeted. You're not going to start looking in every, uh, behind every tree. Uh, but the bottom line is, what, what, what happened was, is, as, a, as I told you, my involvement, is that last week, I just saw this video that the parents put out. 
And it was heartbreaking, just heartbreaking. You see the father and the mother, just <clears throat> nobody should ever have to do this. And I, I, I literally was crying. And okay, so here I am. I live in Herzliya. What can I do? So here, right next to the Zoom, I have my Tehillim over here. Started saying some Tehillim. What, what can we do? That That's what Jews do. We daven. But I, I'm a man of action. I tried to the best of my ability to do more than just that, not to undermine, again, the importance of Tefillot. But sure. I wanted to do more. And that's when I was speaking to a friend of mine, Svi, and we came up with this idea of offering this reward uh, from the foundation that I started, the Am Yisrael Chai Foundation. And again, it's just to motivate people because, you know, maybe you saw him and most people could think, eh, it's probably not him and, and, and someone that looks like him. And uh, if I saw him, maybe someone else saw him. So therefore they should call. Why should I call? So this financial reward is an incentive. Don't wait for the next guy. This is your responsibility. This is you, man. If you if you think you saw him, call. And I hope that this will motivate people to do just that. Amazing. And we should add that two other rewards, two additional rewards, probably prompted by yours. Ami Magazine is offering a $10,000 reward. And I believe Correct. an anonymous donor is offering a $10,000 reward as well. Correct. That came out. That came in after mine. But again, it's, it's we're not in a race. I'm just happy that others are joining. Yeah, I it, understand. It, it, it's, so what specifically is, you mentioned the dogs, what specifically is being done right now? I, it, I know that it was hard for them to dig up leads because of the, as you said, the lapse in time. Miron obviously was the last place that he was seen, but right. obviously it's a bit, you know, big enough country that uh, he could have gone anywhere. And, and I want to add also, uh, uh, um, Mrs. Kleinerman is quoted as saying that the Shin Bet told her he was not abducted by Arabs. He was not abducted by terrorists. I'm wondering how they could possibly know that. Uh, I don't know either. I'm not privy to that information. Although that that angle has to be examined because this young man used to like to dive in and kibrit tzaddikim that are in very difficult areas. I don't know if you know, but a year ago, he dove in at, and it's very... The Kever of Yeshua What? Yeah, okay, no, continue. I, Sorry, he davened at the Kever of Yeshua bin Nun. Right, that was also in the Nami, yes. Right. Yeshua bin Nun is in, an, is in an Arab village called Kifil Kharis. And basically what they do once a year, once a year on Yeshua bin Nun's yurt site, Chav Zion Nisan, I think, just popping into my head, I'm not sure about that. That's when the army really comes in, closes down this whole town, and hundreds of people come in. I did it also one year, and we dive it at the care of Yoshua Benun. Also, in that same village, further away is Nun. That's the father of Yoshua, one of the four people, really? according to Chazal, that never sinned. Right. Yeah. right. I was unaware of that. Wow. Yes, he's there as well. He's there as well. He's not next to Yoshua. He's a little bit off. Uh, away and and any case that's when they close this far and uh people come in there are people who go there on their own i wouldn't advise that <laughs> because it's a very <laughs> hostile arab town and he went there with some hevra about a year ago and <clears throat> they were under a rock attack and a rock hit him in the head this moshi kleinerman and he was in the hospital, I don't know for how long, but for an extended time, it wasn't like a day or two, with a serious head injury. And he 
there's a suspicion that he went back to try to maybe take some revenge. Now, uh, this is not someone that I don't think knows how to do that. This is not somebody that is equipped for that. He's sure. a young yeshiva bacher. He's uh, not exactly, you know, a Rambo uh, Chuck Norris <laughs> guy. Uh, and I don't know. So that is a possibility. I'm not saying that that's what happened. But for the uh, Shabak, the, you know, the General Security Service to so Shinbet to so quickly say, no, 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 it didn't happen. I think they need to check that angle much deeper. That's a good point. That's interesting. And so, again, if um, if, if you could describe, I guess, any other leads, to, you know, what what is being done right now, you know, other than, like you said, offering the rewards. I, I mean, I guess I'm curious what they think the most likely scenario is, if they have any kind of working theory. The, the most likely scenario and the working theory is that he he fell somewhere in the uh, you know, like in, Meron area. Like in the woods. That happened a few, sad, tragically a few months ago. Similar Correct. Story. Correct. Uh, there's also another fellow from, again, from Meron who was um, from the Moshav Modim. Uh, and this was, well, I believe it was, two, it was two years ago when Lagbomer actually was on was on Shabbos. He went there on Friday. And his family was supposed to join him on Sunday, and also this was a married guy, and he he went to lunch. For, you know, uh, actually he went to Kiddush on Shabbos afternoon by someone. He was supposed to go to someone for lunch. He never showed up, and uh, to this day, to this day, also missing. Um, so they're working in that area. the The problem with that is that if if that's if that's what in fact happened, then we're unfortunately looking for a corpse, not a, you know, I mean, it's been almost three months. I mean, if he fell and he's laying there somewhere, it's, that's not good. We, right. we know that. Uh, there, there are other um, possibilities that due to his head injury uh, from a year ago, as I just mentioned, he's not all 100% healthy and uh, emotionally, and therefore that could have set things off. So they're also looking in the Haredi areas. That's why when we offer this reward, we did heavy PR in the Haredi press, whether it's, uh, you know, online or, or even in, in Twitter and websites and Chadre Chadre Kika Shabbos, and we try everything because if he is in fact walking around, chances are he's not in Ranana or Efrat. <laughs> He's more like in B'nai Brak, Me'asharim, El Ad, Kiryat Sefer, those kind of places. Right. So in those areas, they're not looking with dogs because he might just be walking around those areas. Yeah. So they're actually checking people that are asking for money. He, you know, he would need to eat and therefore he would be uh, uh, asking for, for some money. And that angle is being checked as well. Right. And I guess, you look, I'll be sort of the best case scenario is that it's a runaway situation or, or as you said, he Correct. kind of, you know, just decided not even run away, just decided he was independent enough to just kind of be on his own somewhere and everybody just sees him and uh, just goes about their business, in which Correct. case your reward obviously would be phenomenal. One, I guess, close to final question here. Um, Maishi spent the last Shabbos with the Yoel Roth of Brooklyn and a group Correct. that he was with. Can you tell us anything about that? How did he know Yoel Roth? Was there a connection and is it possible that somebody in that group, because he's from America, you know, was was right. involved in that in in the disappearance? I don't know enough about that, but what you're saying is true. 
he went to see Rabbi Elroth. Uh, he might have heard some of his shurim, heard of him. Um, I'm not familiar, you know, with exactly the connection, how he got there, but that was that was why he went to Mehran in the first place, to spend Shabbos there. He wasn't officially part of their group, but he went to join, you know, with uh, in the shurim and to meet the Rav, and th- that's, that's where it all started, but I'm not exactly sure of the connection. Understood. Okay, um, if you have any other thoughts, we are publishing, you know, your the phone number that you have put out there in terms of, you know, reaching out to you and your organization, if anybody is aware of anything. Is there anything else that the average person who wants to get involved can do, and how, how can people donate to this cause? Okay, so first of all, on the, uh, that phone number that, that, we, that we posted, so it's for two reasons, uh, for two uh, options, I should say. Option number one is, again, if you feel you saw him call, and uh, there are people literally literally 24-7, including Shabbat, because this is a pikuach nefesh situation, uh, and therefore all of this is being done under the halacha guidance of Rav Dov Lior. He's, a, he's the posek uh, for uh, the Israel dog unit, the tremendous uh, Talmud Chacham, he should be well. And, uh, you know, again, he says 100%, there's a, there's a possibility he's alive. Shabbat as well, the search goes on. And therefore, if you see him on Shabbat, you feel you, you saw him in Shul. You saw him in Shul. Uh, right. I mean, where would a Haredi boy be on Shabbos? Uh, quite possibly in Shul. You see right. him, go home, get your phone and call the number right away. Right away. 100% no chashash of Chil Shabbos. It's Pituach Nefesh. That's number one. Number two is, if you could uh, help in the search, uh, this is not me, but through that phone number, uh, that's where things are being arranged. Again, it's not just haphazard, just walking around the town uh, looking for the guy in pizza shops. It's a well-coordinated, focused effort, and they need uh, feet, hands, and eyes on the ground. <clears throat> so whoever <clears throat> whoever can help, Tavo Elohim Bracha. Yeah, that's a real, that's interesting. Okay, that's very useful to know. I'm sure there are people out there, you know, that would like to join in the effort. I did remember one other thing I meant to ask sure, you, which sure. is, that uh, the the that, again back to referencing that uh, Ami article, um, Mrs. Kleinerman said that originally Zaka had been involved, but she said Zaka is pretty much no longer involved. And I was curious if you know anything about that. Uh, I'm not I'm not familiar with that, but uh, Zaka um, has is, is is a great organization, but they have an expertise. In an area of life that we're hoping right. he's right. not at. Right. I wasn't sure. You're saying, right. In other words, they, right, right. if the, it's a search and rescue the, operation, that's not going to be their expertise. Correct, correct. The, the ones that, that are they're literally working is the uh, Israel Dog Unit. It's an, unbelie- an un- unbelievable unit. I, I can't say enough about these guys. Uh, and, and just you should know, just you should know how serious it is. Last week, not connected to the Moshe Kleinerman when they were searching for this woman in Akko, in the Akko area, Yes. who was found, unfortunately, uh, murdered. Yeah. But during that search, this is the first time in the 22 years that they started the organization, one of the dogs ate poison and died. <clears throat> uh, they were wow. searching a, a heavily you know, forested area, and uh, I don't know who, but there was poison put out against um, these chazay bar, these uh, boars, these large boars that, that walk around that are very dangerous. And one of these dogs, and these are not little poodles that you buy in, I don't know, the store. These are like $50,000 dogs trained and unbelievable. 
And the dog, dog's a dog, smelled something yummy, ate it, and uh, literally within minutes died. So this is, uh, this is uh, a serious thing. Uh, and these guys are out there, and, and they're most of nefesh, the dogs are most of nefesh, and not, you know, this is a serious operation, and uh, it's priority number one. It's unbelievable. It's astonishing. Shmuel Sackett, I need to tell you, just speaking with you, you know, I just think, me, Kamacha Yisrael, I mean, here we're all from different backgrounds, hang right. out in different circles, and yet you see a Yid in trouble, you see a Jew, you see a family that is suffering, and you get involved, you do your part. And, you know, just speaking to you, feeling the emotion in your voice. And, you know, in the Imcha Anoichi Betzara, Dvar Mayetim and Alev, it's just inspiring. I, I wasn't sure, like I said, I never spoke to you before. I wasn't sure what to expect. And it, it, it's something. There's some nothing to expect. There's just, there's just a, um, a simple Yid with a big heart trying to help. And what you said before about we're hanging out in different circles, that's the dullest, man. When Mashiach comes, <laughs> There's one base hamikdash. I don't know if Uldavan Sfarad Ashkenaz or Nusachari, but there's one base hamikdash, and you and I are going to be there together. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts? That, that was the perfect way to close it. <laughs> final thoughts is that Hashem Avinu Sheba Shemayim uh, should give a bracha to the, the good people that are searching, and we should find uh, Avram Moshe Ben Gittel. Chai v'kayam bari v'shalem. Amen. And I hope, Bezus Hashem, the next time we speak, I hope that that is exactly the case. Shmuel Sackett, head of the Am Yisrael Chai Foundation, thank you so much for taking the time. And I hope to be in touch, Bezus Hashem. And Shkayach. A good Shabbos to you and all your viewers. Good, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Bye.